PSA for this episode, quick trigger warning. Um, there's going to be mentions of OCD, medication, depression, anxiety, self-harm. And please note that uh, there is a bunch of links in the description as well for you to reach out. You're not alone. Welcome to That Being Said Podcast. I'm Taylor. And I'm Aisha. Let's get into today's episode. Hello. Hello. Welcome Mine's back. <laughs> yeah, Aisha's mic is on. mute. <laughs> Excellent. Um, so welcome back to That Being Said. It is episode nine. Wow. And we usually do eight episodes. So. <laughs> this is a lot for us. It is. So like... Our brain capacity is here, but like she's slow, but it's fine. So episode nine, it's our second last episode for this season. Um, next week or fortnight is our last episode for the season. So yay, jazz hands for some reason, but like <laughs> very excited to sort of um, wrap up what we've spoken about you know, over this season. Um, but yeah, I guess Aisha and I literally just kerfuffle talked for like at least half an hour before we started recording. Good. I think it was important. <laughs> yeah, it was. Very- the vibes were low, <laughs> but now they're like um, chaotically low. Yeah, which I is like way it. Better. And it's also spring. That's what we're talking about. It's <laughs> springtime. That's nice. It makes everyone feel better about themselves. Um, the sun. It actually was a nice day today. Mm. First day of spring. It was. I. I, I saw like thirty people walking their dog on my way home. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, Shelby does this thing where, like, he'll come into my room at 4.30 and sit beside the bed staring at me. He's like, I'm ready. Yeah, and then I obviously didn't take him today because I went to the gym and I was like, oh, and then he just stared at me and I was like, oh, my God. But he does it every single day and it's I'm like, all right, like, chill out, bro. But, yeah, springtime, excellent. So. I try to convince my dogs they like to sleep in, but they don't. Oh, yeah, my parents, right, they recently went away to Queensland for my cousin's wedding and I had to look after Shelby, obviously. 4.30, this dog gets up. 4.30 or 5.30. Either way, it's fucking early. It's like a four-year-old kid that wants to play PlayStation. Yes, and all he wants is to go outside, go to the bathroom, eat his breakfast, and then come back to bed. Why? Exactly, you right? You do that later. <laughs> he, he literally – and, then like, I tried, like, sleeping in, like, no, but no, he just kept nudging me, and I was like, fuck me. So, anyway, it's like a child. But, yes, it's, it's spring, so that's nice. So – This week's episode is sort of, it's like a 2.0 of when we spoke about this topic in November 2021, which really is like almost like a year ago. In reality. (laughs) In reality. Um, But yeah, so we're talking about mental illness again. Um, And we're sort of, I guess, unpacking a bit more because obviously it's been almost a year. Things have changed. Yes, things have changed dramatically. Uh, for the greater good and for the worse, mm. I guess. <laughs> yes, so, I just remembered where I was at in November. Yeah. Mm, interesting. Yeah. I Everything's sort of a void to me. So like, <laughs> I sort of do remember, actually. So that would be nice to compare. Um, but yeah, so that's sort of like the gist that we'll go over for this episode. Um, and yeah, I guess where we sort of starting off with, I guess, is... I guess in comparison to where we were last year, yeah, let's just might be a good. Let's route. give you a um an update, mm. and then we'll move on. Excellent. Mm. So, twenty twenty one. Yes, is this where we're starting? 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they don't need like a play by play. Oh, yeah, guys. So this happened in December and this happened in January. So, like, I guess for. Let me read my journal entries. Yes. Oh, my God. Therapeutic. I have not Mm. done that in a while, though. Actually, Actually, I went and saw my journal entries and there was one of them. (laughs) It was from like January 7th. And I was like, that was optimistic. (laughs) That was a while ago. Yeah. Sometimes, like, I write my journal, like, it's been a while. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, I'll make sure to make this more of a habit. And then, like, (laughs) I'll go back into it. (laughs) Fucking three months later. Oh, it's been a while again is what I've written. Like, uh, anyway, chaos. But Mm. I guess for me personally, October, where we sort of started, when we recorded that episode in November, I just started on my antidepressants, Mm. Lexapro. And so that's, I guess that's where that sort of drifted off to to into 2022 yeah so like the end of the year quite casual fine and then yeah i was on lexapro until march this year maybe yeah probably march i think it was only recently surely no march maybe april Mm. yeah so i was on lexapro till then so i was obviously on and if those that don't know lexapro lexapro is generally used for anxiety it's like the default Yes. Yes, it's literally the first one that they always give you, or usually, and they're like, "Here, um, if a doctor offers you Lexapro, do some research." Yes, please. But For the love of God, please. I'll give more context after you. Yes. Yeah. So obviously, yes, I was on Lexapro, and then I had updosed my dosage by ten milligrams. So I was on ten milligrams, and then I went to twenty. Yeah. And I went to twenty. Yeah, I must have went to twenty then in February, maybe January, February. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. Probably February. February came and, yeah. So, like, obviously, when I was on the 10 milligram to explain, um, I was much more, mm, what's the word? I was worse off, I would say, on 10 milligrams. I was much more depressed um, and anxiety was through the roof and I was obviously fixated on lots of things going on that were anxiety triggers. So that's why I updosed. I went to my doctor, did all, you know, all then. I was like... You know, he's like, are you having any other side effects? No, nothing. Like, this is just feeling worse. So we updosed to 20 milligrams. And that's when life just went fucked. Because in the sense, I guess it went fucked because I had updosed and I was feeling better or I wasn't as bad on 10 milligrams. However... I think when you went to 20 milligrams, you definitely felt better. I did. I... I, I I was much better with anxiety, like my anxiety triggers. Mm. So usually for me, I, I kind of bottle a lot, of, a lot of stuff up with anxiety. However, I became more a bit comfortable or less anxious to speak of certain things or how I felt. Are you comfortable saying that you felt like a bit more assertive? Like you're yes, able to no, stand absolutely. Up for so yeah, more? for me, that's actually what it was. So like, I was much more assertive yeah. when speaking to people, or that if I had like a problem. The change yeah, and I, I well, yeah, like I never used to do that stuff because I just used to let it eat up at me, mm. and it wasn't necessarily like I calling out people. It was just like actually saying how I felt. Yeah, um, and that was much much easier. Um, definitely when I was on twenty milligrams, and like I said, on the ten milligrams. Um, obviously like trigger warning I guess but like I was much more suicidal Mm. and like I a lot of range of things were sort of happening to myself that I was doing um you know triggers off from like you know self-harm all this sort of stuff in lots of different aspects so that's why it prompted me to go to the doctor so yes then I was on 20 milligrams for about two months and then I in that two month time frame I had dramatically gained 
some weight. Mm. <laughs> now, for me, obviously, in coincide with anxiety and my depression, weight gain is a very big trigger. Yeah. <laughs> Again, for lots of little reasons, um, like we, I, touching base back on 2021, I spoke a bit about how I had bulimia. So like any sort of weight gain or, you know, it's it's an eating disorder. It's a, a type of an eating disorder. So it's weight gain is very tricky. So I gained about 10 kilos in the time frame of two months, but I, I was feeling better, right? Obviously, well, I was more assertive, Yeah. but then it got to the point where I didn't feel anything. <laughs> like I was quite numb. Like I didn't really have feelings. Um, and then that the weight thing was actually the reason that triggered me to get off it or now I do not recommend this to anyone and no one's to do this without medical. They need to go see a med, uh, medical or professional advice, not do what I did. <laughs> That's just sort of keeping that very clear. Do not go cold turkey off your medications. No. It's not healthy. It's not normal. You're not meant to do it. It literally says on the packet, do not like abruptly stop taking and that's what I did because I didn't care. The weight game got to me and I was like, nah, fuck this. So I abruptly went off it and then I spiraled in the sense of like the side effects. Mm. So it was like, oh my God, it was it was obviously very forgetful, dizzy, all these sort of other things. The It's complicated because at the time, if you're feeling better, I don't want to like point these things out, mm, but like mm. it was noticeable. Yeah, and I and I I couldn't tell yeah. myself. So like it's it's very interesting because very often you when you're you're experiencing it, you almost don't realize until after. Yeah, and definitely. yeah, I was oh, it was so bad. Like I was spiraling out of control. I was very forgetful. But even on Lexapro, even on ten milligrams, I was so forgetful. And I thought I was going a bit crazy. If I was honest with you, like I was just like, what's going on? Like I, I would be mid conversation and like just completely forget. So. Yeah, that was pretty bad. So then I did the right thing. So I went off it, or I went cold turkey probably um, March. And then I'd saw my doctor Mm. after maybe a month, so April. And then I told him, like, this is my experience. I didn't tell him I went cold turkey. (laughs) I should have told him, but I didn't. I just left it because I knew that I wasn't meant to go cold turkey. So... I asked, you know, this is what I was experiencing, blah, blah, blah. I told him about the weight gain and he literally said to me, oh, yeah, that's very common. And I was like, mm. excuse me? <laughs> Had you spoken to this doctor about any of those other things? Uh, I mean... I never... I never... I feel like mm, being told that... All right, look, mm, in the sense of, like, telling my doctor if I have, like, my triggers or what is a non-negotiable, no. I feel... Well, that's... This is, like, a complicated thing, right? You don't know that that's a non-negotiable until after right mm. and so for me like I I I never told him so like when when I went on Lexapro like he was like yep yeah, it's like this is the standard thing that we give everyone yeah and he did I maybe like the most he probably said and gotta remember I went on Lexapro after a severe panic attack yeah so my I was already and we were in lockdown or no we just got out of lockdown so like I was I like it was after like having to call an ambulance like it was the next day I called my doctor I was like hey this is what happened blah 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 and then that's what he was a phone consult prescription so there was no really like actual check-in so then yeah then obviously got taken off that and then he prescribed me this other one which so that was uh, Lexapro is an SSRI yeah and the new medication that I'd gone on after was an SSNI do they help you sleep yes and then it's meant to 
Yeah. Yes, that's exactly what it is. So I went on that, but however, I was also on melatonin on a high dosage because mm. again, I, I had not insomnia. I just couldn't really sleep. Yeah. Like I was just constantly up again. It was probably Lexapro, but um, yeah. So then I went on that, and then I started to get weird side. There was no side effect actually, allegedly from the research they had done the only downfall on i can't even remember the name of it It was like this weird name started with a i think it's expensive yeah so my lexapro was five dollars like from like chemist's warehouse or whatever and this one was like 80 something dollars so that was like he's like that's the only like downside i was like i don't care like it's gonna make me feel better it's fine went on that and then i started getting like pins and needles in my body like a fair bit again that's an anxiety trigger. Yeah. So it actually probably was that it wasn't working. However, I just, until sort of speaking about it right now, saying it out loud, it was probably anxiety, not the medication, yeah. not working. And then so I went cold turkey off that as well. And I have not done anything about it since. Because I'm, I guess I was trying to, or I am trying to manage it myself. However, yeah. very important to, if you are on medication, to not go cold turkey like, to reiterate that, like, go see a professional who knows what they're doing rather than, I don't know, just as much just my experience than take into your own hands. And I think something to take away from your experience um, is to kind of figure out if there is no-go side effects. Yes, because 100%. Because it's not you think about. No, because at the time... Like, when, I want a yeah. pill that makes me better. Yes, like, at the time as well, especially, like I said, because... It was a phone consult type of prescription. I didn't think about that. And I guess because of my past, if I was in more of a clear headspace, I would have known straight away, like, that's a non-negotiable. Because I'm not on birth control or anything like that. I haven't been for years. So, like, I've never really experienced that type of having to think like that. Mm. So, yeah, I 100% agree with Aisha. Like, if you are going down that route, maybe do find those non-negotiables of... Because, like, the doctor can't, like, the doctor can't force you to take anything. Also, the list of side effects is long. If they told you every side effect. Yes. Namely, one of them, you'd probably be like, are you sure this is an antidepressant? <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Like, because, like, like I said, like, Lexapro is an anxiety medication. Yeah. It does help with depression, but it's anxiety. And that, at that time, that's what was severe. Mm. However, then on the 10, like I said, 10 milligrams, everything was severe. But, yeah, now I'm not on anything... I've sort of weaned off my sleeping tablets as well. Um, but, yeah, it's just, like, for me, that's where I guess my my progression since, uh, like, November last year, I wouldn't say I'm worse off at the moment or, like, I was better than it. It's sort of, like... It, it's different. It's different. I don't yeah. really... wouldn't really be able to explain. Again, I guess, for me, I have a current injury at the moment, so that's mm. also a bit of a mental play, but, again, has nothing to do with medication, but is a mental play. So that's where that's sort of at, I guess. It is scary when you reach the point where you're like, I'm going to try and do this on my own for a little bit. Well, yeah, I guess for me personally... I'm not scary. It's just complicated. It's complicated time. Well, yeah, like for me, I'd never been on medication until last year. Never in my life because unfortunately growing up, uh, mental health was actually a real thing that like, you know, you're fine. You don't need to be on anything because the one time that, you know, it was sort of noted that, you know, I probably should it sort of got backtracked by people in my life and like, no, you're fine. So mm. 
that's why like I sort of I've learned how to deal with it myself however it's like have I dealt with it or am I just sort of living with it there's a very big difference with dealing with this situation or what you're feeling or just putting up with it so that's a bit of self-reflection I guess rather than being like yeah so that's for me currently I guess but what about you Aish like for Um, you since November I mean just quickly to like Mm. continue on from what you were saying earlier I said um saying about Lexpro and I'll give more context to that later. Mm. The context was I've been on Lexpro before and it made me suicidal. Yeah. Um, but when your friend is reaching out for help and they're taking the right steps and they're seeing a doctor, mm. it's hard to be like, oh, well, that made me want to kill myself because you don't want to put, like, the fear in their heads. A hundred percent, yeah. Because I guess, like you said, because you've, you've been on it before and that's that was your experience. And then I think you found out that a lot of people had the same experience. Yes, because yeah. I also... It's a very common side effect. Yeah, I, well, yeah. well, and that's the thing. Like, I when I first went on it, um, my brother's partner actually had pulled me, pulled me aside and said to me, like, please, like, I just want you to know, like, don't give up if it's not working. Yeah. Like, this is your first medication. Please don't feel like it's, like, the end-all, be-all. And I was like, at the time, I was like, yeah, no, it's fine. I'm fucking living, bro. <laughs> Next minute, like, uh, like, it takes a bit for the medication to actually kick in as well, yeah. right? So, like, about a month and a half later was when, like, reality hit. And I was like, oh, fuck this. Like, yeah. So, I think that's a good point that you've made. Like, and I couldn't imagine how you sort of would have felt, like, you know, me being like, oh, like, like you, I think I you did mention a few times like it's it was sort of hard because like I was outreaching I to get knew help. I was very cryptic about it because yeah. I didn't want to I don't know it's hard to be like hey I'm here don't kill yourself <laughs> yeah um, but also without being like don't take this medicine <laughs> yeah well like yeah like trying not to instill fear or anything like yeah, that because yeah. you want your friend to like get better and like they they've taken the right precautions so yeah Lexa also because I know you have anxiety around like medical things and stuff yeah. like that. I didn't want you to think that it was possible. Yeah, 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 100%. Um that's kind of where I was going with that. Yeah. And um but yeah, as you said, Lexapro isn't the only medication. Yeah, out definitely there. out out like, you know, do your research or get your doctor to sort of give you lots of different options. And again, like Aisha said, if there is non-negotiables, let them know that so then they can sort of steer mm. clear or steer you in the right direction. Yeah. Um, so November last year, mm. I just had like a spiritual awakening. Oh, <laughs> and was meditating all the time. Oh, I love that. Yeah, <laughs> I did too. <laughs> um, Therapeutic. Yeah, and I had just gotten diagnosed with fuck. I can't remember what it's called. PMDD. Oh, yep. Um, so I was back on birth control for the first time in a while, and I felt great. Mm. Then my birth control stopped. Um, mm-hmm. not like stopped. Working or? No, it didn't like stop working. Like it's still birth controlled, but it stopped um, repressing the like severe depression. Oh, yep. Um, kind of like the hormonal depression. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um, that was really frustrating. And then it was more frustrating because I was like, this worked and now it doesn't. I don't know what to do. Yeah. Um, and then again, while we're talking about non-negotiables, the medication did two more things for me. Um, I put on weight, which was not pleasant. Um, did not enjoy that. I had like to put my mum under guardianship of me. Not guardianship, but I was like, hey, 
I'm doing some stupid stuff. Can you please look after me? Yeah. Um, so that was kind of hard. I didn't really enjoy that. And then while we're talking about non-negotiables, a symptom of, I don't know, this is too intimate, um, a symptom of birth control that's pretty common mm. in women is like complete loss of sex drive. Mm. And I had none. And I don't know, it's kind of sucky and I don't really like it. Yeah. Um, it, I don't want to say like it puts a strain on the relationship, but it just kind of like, I don't know, I just never wanted to have sex. I didn't like it. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so I ended up coming back off that and then... Man, since then, it's just been, like, a lot of environmental stuff and, like... Yeah. Stuff with family and winter and I just don't feel great right now. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, I feel like I'm getting better. Yeah. But yeah. At the moment, I'm just raw dog in life. <laughs> um... I don't know. I hope spring will cure me. Oh, it's I... It's probably a bit off It's true. But, like, I think that's the thing as well, like... I like your point of, like, it's more environmental for you, I guess, at this current stage. Well, yeah. Which, <laughs> but it's kind of weird for me. I think I spoke about in the last one where we did this. Um, I got diagnosed with depression quite young. Mm. Um, but I've always – sorry, I've always accepted it as being, like, just pure genetic, pure chemical imbalance. Yeah. yeah. And I kind of learned to live with it. And it's weird now that it's, like, more – yeah, it's outside factors and it's ever been. rather than yeah and I, I feel very out of control yes but at the same time i've done this rodeo 50 times yeah um yeah it's weird i don't know i think like yeah i think like environment your environment and everything sort of going on does play a massive impact mm. and like yeah like you said i guess because you were diagnosed so young you've sort of not learn. Well, yeah, I guess essentially learned so many learnt, tricks. Yeah, and learn to sort way. of manage it or deal with it in a certain way. Yeah, even if it's not actually managing it, but like it. Yeah, I I sort of wrote down like sort of similar like you like down that you sort of you become better not at hiding it, but like hmm. p- pushing it to the back burner until yeah. you really get burnt out. And then and you're at like, different points in my life, like I've pushed it away. I've yeah. hidden it. I've dealt with it. Hundred percent. I've done, like, everything. Yeah. And right now, it feels... I don't know. I'm getting to the point where I'm like, I might see... I don't really want to go back on any um, medications Mm. just because I've had... Yeah, I've had not great experiences with antidepressants, so... Yeah. I'm not super keen to try them again. Um, There's other things... Oh, my God. This is... uh, This is unrelated. There's other things I want to get diagnosed with. But I don't want to go through the process of getting diagnosed with them. One, because I don't want to be medicated. And two, because I don't want to find out that I don't have them and that I'm actually just lazy. Well, this is the thing as well. Like, I I guess after, like, coming off my medication as well, I'd been sort of in the similar route of, like, maybe this is something else. Yeah. And I'm the same. I want to go to my doctor and sort of be like, hey, because, I mean, look, I'm... 26 Mm. it took me until i was 25 to reach out to my doctor and say hey i need something to control this yeah again it was because of how i was sort of brought up there was nothing wrong with me so i believed it but like then it made me manage it in hiding in a sense Mm. um so yeah i was the same but i'm i'm very nervous or scared to sort of reach out and ask 
to sort of, you know, get that referral for whatever it is that I I think. And I think a lot in today's society, yeah, self-diagnosis, yes. And this is the thing, like, especially in college, it was a very big thing where people would self-diagnose. I remember in college, like, everyone would self-diagnose that they had this, this, this or this. Mm. And I don't know. I don't know if it's just our, like, more, our generation, but... I don't know why, but, like, it wasn't that it was a trend, but, like, it felt like growing up, like, it was almost a trend if you were depressed. And it was, like, it's not, well, not really, I guess, so much growing up for us, but, like, sort of there was some certain aspects where it felt like that growing up. Mm. And it almost made those who were legitimately struggling with these things, like, oh, like, I don't know. It was just really strange. I never really enjoyed talking about it no it's so it's complicated because i'm a big supporter of like destigmatization and things like that but yeah i i spent a lot of my youth kind of keeping it to myself 100 percent. and i mean like i again like for me still now obviously we do this but i don't talk about this at work no and this is the thing like it's like you know it's it's hard because like you said, like we want to destigmatize it. And like, I'm, I'm activist for all of that. Like, absolutely. Like, I feel like it's important to speak about how you're feeling or your experiences. Um, however, like it's not necessary if you don't want to, like, it's really hard to, like there's certain circumstances that I've only very briefly spoken about on here that I could very much go into much more detail, but I don't, I choose not to because I don't, I'm either not ready and it's regardless of how many years it's been or whatever um it I don't know I guess like because of again how you brought up or your environment you sort of oh no you keep that to yourself yeah um but yeah like I know for me like I was diagnosed like back in 20 2010 or 2012 and like even then it was just sort of like and that was with uh depression anxiety and OCD and, like, back then, like, the first thing that was sort of said, like, to me afterwards, oh, you're fine. And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and that's what I mean. And so you'd manage, uh, since then, I'd been managing it by myself until, I don't know, last year. OCD for me as well, like I, I said. I know that you got diagnosed <laughs> with it then because you only kind of, like, actually said it last year. Yes, because I'm very... But I know OCD is, like, the one you try and keep to yourself. <sighs> yes. Yeah. And, like, to expand on that, like, just briefly... For me personally, it's a very, and this is just me, it's a very embarrassing illness Yeah. for myself because it takes up a lot of time. And I remember like- It feels all consuming. Yes. And yeah. I remember like when Aisha and I briefly touched on it, I, remember, I think it was maybe the mental health episode mm. or COVID, I can't remember. But like when I started speaking about it, we actually had to stop recording because like I was like having like, like not an epiphany, but like I was just, I just had never spoken about it out loud. Uh, sorry, out loud. It was and like, I thought oh, I sounded I crazy. Yeah, yeah. Like I just thought I would like, it just sounded crazy because of the you know, rituals that I do and I still do. I'm just much better, not hiding it, but like I sort of can manage it a bit better, I guess, mm. because of my anxiety, anxiety play hand in hand sort of in a way sometimes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just like very interesting. But like even like like we were saying, touching back then on I guess like the self diagnosis, you fucking scroll on TikTok or Instagram or whatever, and people are like, how to know if you have ADHD or if you're autistic or you're this or you're that, and it's like 100 like it like it, it's interesting. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, well, yeah, oh, okay, yep. 
But, like, don't just fucking believe that. Like, go see someone that's actually professional. Like, it's like when I Google my symptoms. Like, I Google my symptoms, go to the doctor, and he's like, did you Google that? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, why'd you do that? And I was like, because, like, just go see someone. Like, I understand it's very educational and helpful, but, like, it. I don't know. I don't know. I'll add the context because, like, I don't know. I do feel kind of stupid talking about it. But, like, the thing that I want to go get diagnosed with is ADHD. Yeah. Um, I don't display a lot of, like, the, um, like, you walk into a room, you forget what you're in there. I don't have a lot of, like, those kind of – Yeah. I don't want to refer to them as, like, surface symptoms because they're obviously not. But I don't display a lot of, like, um, of Those traits, like I guess, yeah. But if you look at some of the clinical stuff, um, some of my diagnoses when I was young – kind of link up to things that women are often misdiagnosed yes. with. Yes. And, um, like, my education track record links up and the hyperfixations link up. And I want – I don't know. But also where we are, it's nearly impossible it to get is. diagnosed. It is. Yeah, well. and it takes such a long time. I'm pretty sure literally no psychiatrists are taking on new patients. Yeah. And I think – yeah, I think, like, it's just, like – yeah, it it sounds silly when you do want to talk about it out loud. But then the other thing is like, what if I don't have ADHD and I'm just lazy and stupid and like <laughs> going nowhere? No, I know what you mean because like it's yeah, it's almost like okay, well then if I do get this like little jet and then he, then the doctor tells me no, like it's oh you're clear. Okay. You're like what the fuck? Like yes, I just face reality. <laughs> yeah, I it, it, there is a fear. I'd rather be in limbo. I yeah, think. yeah. It, it, it's hard and. I don't know. With ADHD as well, it has it for me as well. It's been something. And again, I guess my how I sort of I guess what you were saying, service traits. But like, I'm very much all of those traits of like you walk into a room and you forget, or you hyperfixate on something, or you have such incredible highs, and then you just like the next second you're stooping down. Like, it's very complex. And again, because I already have you know three other diagnoses. It's hard to just yeah. be like, is that actually just anxiety? Is that actually OCD? I told people when I was like young, I was like, oh, I'm pretty sure this like thing I do where I can just like learn everything about a topic in like three days. I'm pretty sure that's anxiety. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's like sort of like hard because there's a lot of symptoms that you don't know are actually a like, certain illness. Yeah. Like anxiety. There's a lot and a lot of lot of symptoms like tingling like a uh, pins and needles mm. breathing like there's a lot of different little things that doesn't ringing in your ears like a lot of weird things that doesn't you wouldn't think is anxiety my physiotherapist has accidentally become like my counselor because <sighs> i went to him and i was like i sometimes get like numb hands and he was like are you like taking care of yourself and i was like no and he was like okay maybe you just like try and like figure out when you get like numb hands because it might be anxiety and i was like yeah well like it's it's like so interesting when like then you actually like start like yeah you like say something like in passing and then someone's like oh blah 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 it happened to me like and consider the fact that i have a pretty concrete understanding of my own anxiety yeah for someone to like point that out (laughs) you're like how dare you first of all i'm an expert (laughs) i remember when um my it was christmas eve and my sister's partner's mum said to me oh you grind your teeth at night. And I was like, yeah, it's like depression. And I was like, excuse me. And they're like, do you have depression? And I was like, yes. And it's Christmas Eve. What the fuck is wrong with you? And then like, it's a common, obviously anxiety and depression trait, grinding teeth at night. And like, I can tell 
when my anxiety is flared because I get a very tense jaw yeah, and like it locks. And I also of recently, probably in the past like two, three months, whenever I yawn, my lo- uh, jaw now locks out sometimes. Oh, awesome. You it, and Brad can do it together. It's really yeah. bad. And like, I like start to freak out. It's like for a split second, then I can sort of like pop it back in. But like, yeah, it's very interesting when you like briefly just mention it. Someone's like, oh, depression. You're like, excuse me. But yeah, like I like I was saying, in the sense of like lots of other little traits, especially with OCD as well. There's a lot that comes with OCD, um, and I would love to give people more um, knowledge brought around it and stuff because like sometimes I feel like I'm crazy, but like it's very common. Like there's a lot of little things that come with OCD, like intrusive thoughts. But the intrusive thoughts can be very far off and like just like not actually make any logical sense but yeah yeah it's just very interesting i guess in a sense all of this sort of stuff so i guess i can sort of like draw into like there's a lot of different factors i guess as to why people diagnose with mental illnesses and it it can range from a lot of different things so um we'll sort of link the website that i've got this information off um so the first sort of one is like a genetic factor so obviously having like a close family member like with a mental illness mm. um, can increase the risk. Uh, however, just because one family member has a mental illness doesn't mean that others will. Um, and again, like growing up, like I've no, oh no, it's very hard. Like, you know, you try to learn much about like your family and like them growing up and stuff. But yeah. like I particularly don't know a whole lot about my mum's side or really like my dad's side. Um, but they, you only... You and only know what you ask, really, or what yeah, yeah. they tell. And they're obviously older as well, so they're not going to be like, oh, your Uncle Jim? Crazy. Yeah, well, and that, that, I mean, that's sort of what was very random. Like, probably when I turned 18 or 21, at weird milestones is when mum would start to sort of open up about certain things, and then things would start to click and make sense. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so that's sort of like one factor. So it can be genetic. Yeah. Um, like, if, you know, if there's a history of X, Y, Z, it can be genetic. And... I think the genetic one's interesting as well because, it, like, is it genetic or is it, like, generational trauma? Yes. Like, is it in your uh, blood? And this, yeah, and this is what we'll touch on. It's one of these uh, ones as well. So the next one was drug and alcohol abuse, which is obviously... And I feel like that's the snake eating itself. Yes. Where it just keeps going. Yes. Mm. And again, it, it could be the same thing, generational sort of stuff, because, like, you know, it's... I know you like yeah you see those like ads sometimes like for drinking ads and stuff you know how it's like the dad acts a certain way and then the son gets him the beer and then when he grows it's the same so it's yeah. it's very interesting but that's what I said like illicit drug use can trigger a manic episode or an episode of psychosis uh, drugs such as cocaine marijuana and amphetamines um, can cause paranoia so I mean like it does check out and sort of make sense. Um, but yeah, that's also can be like as why people get diagnosed. Um, and then there's other biological factors. So some medical conditions or hormonal changes, which yeah. is great from what Aisha said earlier about when you got diagnosed mm. last year. Yeah. Um, it's so funny because I guess well, it's not funny, but like it's, you know, form of speech, like how you don't realize that until I guess that moment or like when you get diagnosed, like it starts to make sense why you feel a certain way. Yeah, I spoke about it, but I didn't really think about it and then brad said it but i was like oh this and like i was probably look at this guy what is wrong with him right i was like this motherfucker thinks i have a fucking feeling for her i'm not in control of myself um i probably was yeah (laughs) well it's so funny because like you're like oh like fuck this guy he has no fucking idea and then like 
You get diagnosed. Oh. Yeah. Checks out. And for me personally, literally the day I start my period, all the symptoms go away. Oh my God. I And I'm oh, like, oh, I sweet. Can, <laughs> I cannot tell you the times where like I've, and like, I don't like to put the word crazy on it. Cause like, I think that's like me. Like, cause I've had, I remember there's been plenty of times where I've been, oh, you're crazy. And then like the next day I will literally get my period and I'm like, oh shit <laughs> fuck me oh my god yeah like it's it's just fucked what we deal with our bodies i feel like that's such a complicated one because you don't want your feelings to be discounted no but at the same time, at the same time you're, you're like, like <laughs> oh okay you probably, probably can scratch those ones out they yeah so yeah. it's just so interesting how the body works um early life environment so again negative childhood experiences such as abuse or neglect can increase the risk of some mental illnesses mm. um and like that's that's, I think it's like a quite an important one because, you know, it's how you sort of brought up as well can have quite an impact. And that sort of draws into the um, next one, which was trauma and stress. So obviously in adulthood, um, traumatic life events or ongoing stress, such as social isolation, uh, domestic violence, relationship breakdowns, financial or work problems can increase the risk of mental illness. Yeah. Uh, traumatic experiences such as living in a war zone can increase the risk of post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, so again, like trauma is a big one that for me I didn't realize was why um, I went down a certain route like uh, a few years ago and like it was only when I started seeing a psych and I, I'm not against psychs, obviously. Like, I think that they're important people to see. Yeah. However, my problem is when they start to make logical sense, I cut ties and never go back. <laughs> and it's horrible, but it's not, it's, I think I spoke about this last time. It's cause like, it's not that I don't want to get better. It's just getting too real for me. Yeah. They're making too much sense. And I think my brain isn't keeping up or can't take it in. Mm that's probably the best time to keep going but like it's just very interesting sort of like your body reacts in a certain way when you have trauma or you know or any of these other sort of topics and your body's like doing what it's trying to survive so it's it's very interesting yeah that sort of one and the last one was personality factors so some traits such as perfectionism or low self-esteem can increase the risk of depression or anxiety and I, I don't know about that one. Uh, it's I get it, but at the same time, I feel like those things are actually just like side effects. I agree. Okay. <laughs> like it's more like a side. I'm not a professional. Yeah, it's like this is my opinion. It's like more of like a, a, a side effect of like depression, low self esteem. Like yeah, that's how I correlate the two because. Um, I have less are, you, are you saying I have a depressed personality? Are you saying How dare you, first my personality is depression? Yeah, so it's just like... Checks so, out. But. Yeah, or like it does make a lot of sense, yes, when I do read to it. But like it's just very interesting sort of that, you know, like some people just think that like, oh, no, mental illness is a fake. Like you're fine. It's like but there's so many other factors that could cause... You might not even really know until you sort of... Very tumors can cause this. Oh, <laughs> Jesus but this is the thing like it's just like something that's not especially older generations are very much stuck in the way of mental illnesses aren't real you're fine and unfortunately for most of us I guess in our age bracket that generation is usually our parents or our parents parents so and not saying everyone's parents were like this either but like that's generally then how it rolls down and then i think for me it's sort of more of a learning experience like i would never 
and again, this isn't saying that I was brought up horribly by anyone. It's just saying like I would do things differently for my kids. Yeah, but I mean like you just learn stuff. Well, you do, right? You learn off them. And you, you like honestly, your parents are trying their hardest as well. This is the first – like they're looking after other people's lives. I'm like, a grown-up and yeah. like I have shit going on. So I, I, I get it. Yeah, 100%. So it's like, you know, th- when you become a mum and dad and like let's say they're fucking like, I don't know, 50, 40, 60, whatever – they still have shit going on in their head. Like, just yeah. because... They're keeping a roof over your fucking head. <laughs> yeah. So it's just like, you know, like, you can't criticize for everything, but, like, you can learn at least mm. the littlest bit, I guess. Um, But, yeah, I guess... Yeah, I don't know. It's just sort of, like, interesting that, like, you know, mental health can be quite, like, sort of, like, a broad spectrum of things. Yeah. And understanding it can be really hard and i guess that's why we sort of wanted to touch on it again to sort of explain it's almost scary it is and that's sort of like what like you know what i sort of like had sort of said was like you know sometimes like people who actually have mental illnesses sometimes it doesn't make sense to them either i know for me oh when i first got diagnosed nothing made sense only of recently some ocd stuff started to make sense or anxiety or like it takes long time and sometimes like you might never fully get there yeah but like sometimes it doesn't make sense to like you know everyone <laughs> like it's and like i i when i was sort of like typing up um you know like the episode sort of like recap for when we do pose it it was sort of hard to be like you know like you don't know until you experience it yourself or a loved one experiences it and it's sort of like it's sort of hard because, like, it's like you don't necessarily have to go through it yourself. Yeah. You can be around others where you've seen what that has done to them and you can have sort of a bit of an understanding. Um, but I guess at the end of the day, we don't truly know what one another really fully goes through because I guess as humans, a lot of the time we are quite good at sort of holding back a little bit or Speaking yeah. the truth a little bit just to make things seem a bit better than what they are. I know I've definitely been guilty of doing that. But, like, if you think you're guilty of doing that, I'm sure other people will probably be doing the same. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's, I don't know. I mean, it's so easy to say, like, everyone's doing it. Well, well yeah, like, mental illnesses are incredibly complex. Like, yeah. it's, like, it's, it's, I don't know. I, don't, I feel like that just kind of never sinks in with me. Yeah, and mm. I think, like, I, I feel like some like, oh, I just need to understand why I'm feeling this way. And it's like, well, what happens if I don't? What am I going to do? And then, like, it's like, yeah, it's like the same thing you said. Like, once you get a diagnosis, if you're not, you don't have X, Y, Z, you're like, well, what is it then? Yeah. Am I literally just crazy? Or is this just me? Like, yeah. it's just. I got, um some of the other things I got diagnosed with, I definitely don't have. Mm. Like, I definitely don't have bipolar or, um sorry. I'll check my language there. I'm not sure if that's the correct language. I definitely don't have bipolar and I definitely don't have borderline. Yeah. But, like, I got diagnosed with those things when I was, like, 15. Yeah. And if I... I definitely don't have those. Yeah, and that, that's the thing. Like, it's... It's... I don't know. I, I guess as well, back then, it's very common, I guess, that you could be misdiagnosed or, you know, people get misdiagnosed. Yeah, I wanted to mention, like, we're learning women especially Mm. but i wanted to mention we're like learning so much about things um yeah as i said before some of the 
things I was diagnosed with. Some of the reason I think I have ADHD is because some of the things I got diagnosed with um, are often collectively misdiagnosed yes. in people with ADHD. Yeah, like they get diagnosed for this yeah. when it's actually like it's ADHD. Because it's very common that women or, you know, growing up, are always misdiagnosed or it's not seen until they're older. Or like a lot of the studies are done on like men. So it's yeah. how it presents in men and young Rather boys. than, yeah. And that, I feel like the typical ADHD kind of thing yeah. is how it looks in young boys. Yes. It's so interesting. Like it's just, yeah, I don't know. And I guess like for me when I started well, in college, when we started learning – um, the class is called like sociology. Hmm. I think it was sociology, maybe. I don't know. It was like sort of a class, and I remember watching this documentary, and it was of all these kids. Um, and you sort of watch them growing up. I want to remember the name if I remember it. Um, and like certain things had happened to each of them in their life, and then is it? Um, I want to remember the name. Every seven years. They, yes. Yeah, that's a really interesting series. It is. It's pretty old. Maybe it was now. psychology. No, it was sociology. I swear. It's pretty old now, but it's interesting to see psychology. how, like, yeah. I mean, there's so many factors. There's socioeconomic factors. Yes. There's... And that—that that was it. It was like sort of talking about how where they grew up. Yeah. Even like where in the world, like, and then like where, who, with, or what had happened to them, or they were presented, like when they were just born, they were presented in this sort of environment straight away as a test Mm. for the purpose of whatever this show was. And then you sort of see how they grew up and it's the same. They had some twins and stuff. And like, obviously for me, that drew me a bit more because I was like, oh, I'm a twin. And it's not to say at all that my sister doesn't experience any of this, but we're on two very different spectrums of – I don't that's the right word either, but, like, the bars here were at complete other ends. Like, it's yeah. – we're not in the, any chance, like, similar with this <laughs> stuff. Well, I mean, like – and I guess, like you said, like, I guess this draws back to one of the points of being, like, genetic or, you know, whatever. Yeah. I'm the first in my, in my siblings to be diagnosed with what I have. No one else in my family has – and so, like, sometimes it just makes me feel like, like, what, what is wrong with, uh, like, me? Or, like, but, like, it's just, like, I wouldn't say, like, built different. But, like, it's, like, you know, you are, like, your brains are different. So, it's yeah. just, it's interesting because, like, like, like it said, it's, like, not everyone's family. So, none of my siblings, however, I know, like, some, where some, in some of my mum's family, there was depression and stuff. So, it's, like, mm. that's that was the very basic I was told. So, it's just very interesting. But, yes. So I guess I think that's about it, I guess. So that was sort of like just a wrap on sort of everything, I guess. It was sort of like some, at some points like a bit of a kerfuffle, but like it's sort of good to sort of speak about these things. Bit of a recap. Yeah, it's like a recap, sort of journal speaking. Journal entry. Yeah, journal entry. What, we, what, what we'll take away from this is that I need to journal more. I do like listening to music's nice. Yeah. But you ha- I've gotten to the point where I want to drive home in silence. Ooh. Oh, that's that's when you know Ooh. bad. Like, I just... Oh, it's too loud. <laughs> I just need uh, a bit of quiet. Yeah, I don't know. Like, it was, yeah, I just... It was loud. And I was like, oh, turn this off. And they're like, what? No, just driving in silence. Uh, sometimes the music's just loud. Like, I listen to, obviously, like, a range of things. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. Like, this is me going off on a tangent again. <laughs> but, like, you know, you, like, listen to a song and, like, I oh, know it's on shuffle. It's, like, Doja Cat or it's, like, Thought Shit or... No, Megan Stallion, and then it just goes. And to it like, tastes like dopamine, and then all of a sudden it doesn't. Yeah, and, and then like, you're like, oh, 
trash and then you put on like Ed Sheeran 18 and you're like oh start crying to that and then you just shut it off oh the range of emotions anyway mm. so to put it quite uh, briefly um take anything away from this like obviously know that you aren't alone when you experience these things always try and seek professional advice with any sort of medication um and also know that there's a lot of hotlines out there um, that you can contact and online chat sort of forms that can help. Um, and we'll leave all of those links in the caption uh, description as well. Um, and yes, otherwise, I think that's about it. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll be back for our last episode. I'm kind of, oh, this sounds bad, but mm. like, I'm kind of pumped. It would be sort of nice to have a reset, have a break, because like Aisha and I said the last episode, if you got to the end of it, that this season is sort of, well, the next episode is the last for the year. Yeah. Just because we have a lot going on towards the end of the year. There's not enough time. I'm excited because, like, personally, we have heaps of cool stuff. Yeah, and it's exciting stuff. So it's like... It's very busy. Very, very busy, but not that this is, like... This yeah, it takes a massive time. No, but, but, like, it's like you... we. We need to be really like letting ourselves have that rest, yeah. Be have a break and sort of get through. But we'll be back next year anyway. But we'll be back next episode to explain it all a bit further. <laughs> Otherwise, thanks for tuning in. And like we said, all the links will be in there. Um, please be kind to yourself and look after yourself. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, bye bye. <laughs> I don't know. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode. Make sure you follow us at thatbeingsaid.podcast on Instagram to keep up to date with all our episode releases and more. See you, See you next, next week. week. <laughs>